Welcome to Golden Silver. I'm Teddy Silverman. And I'm Molly Golden. And we have got a lot of stuff for you, all the way from the Islanders' new arena to Tom Wilson possibly never stepping in one again. And then we have the draft. We have baseball. It's a big episode today. Stay tuned. So, starting with one of the most pretty much public things in the National Hockey League right now is the Tom Wilson issue um, in the Rangers game. So, for those who have not heard or seen, Tom Wilson um, got into a little scuffle with Pavel Buchnevich of the Rangers. He first punched Buchnevich into the ice, tugged his jersey. Ryan Strom then got involved, and then Tom Wilson got up, threw Artemi Panarin's helmet off, threw him on the ice. Artemi Panarin is out tonight on injured. And it is the Rangers are mad. Um, they're very mad. And they are playing the Capitals tonight. So I'm wondering what's going to happen. Well, yeah. I mean, this is not a first offense. Tom Wilson has already been suspended for seven games this year. He does this all the time. And the NHL, we can talk about what the NHL should do and if they should suspend him, do that, what, whatsoever. The NHL, I don't think they're going to ban him or anything. They didn't. I don't, I, think, I don't think they're going to ban him. I agree with that. Um, and just to note, Tom Wilson for that got a 10-minute game misconduct as well as a four-minute penalty for what he did. Yeah, I mean, basically, they didn't think this was that crazy of a play. They were like, okay, we're going to fine him $5,000. We're not going to suspend him for this. And, and it's not like they're going lighter on him than anybody else. They just don't think that warrants a suspension. And that's fine. Bottom line, this is out of the NHL's hands. The Capitals should release him. Maybe if he was like Alex Ovechkin, this could be an argument like, oh, he's so productive, whatever. He has 13 goals on the season and 20 assists. That's fine. But those are by no level like MVP standards. So why is he still on the team? It's a bad look for the team. They're always getting into trouble with this. I just, I don't understand the logic behind keeping him as a capital. I think what I, well, I think my, I don't think it's a team issue. I think it's the the NHL's issue. Like this is a big thing for the Department of Player Safety. I mean, um, Tom Wilson punched Pavel Buchnevich into the ice. Then he pretty much body slammed Artemi Panarin. I think this isn't an issue with the Capitals. This is an issue with the Department of Player Safety. The player, it needs to step up and notice, okay, our Tommy Panarin almost got, like, he almost died. I'm going to be honest. If he hit his head, he could have had a serious head injury, and our Tommy Panarin is out for the rest of the season, even though there's only three games left. He is out for the rest of the season on injured. So I feel like that just says something about the Department of Player Safety. Well, okay, let's let's take a step back. He's out for the rest of the season on injured, but there's three games left in the season and they were eliminated in the last game. So the, even it's, though the game tonight means nothing, it means something to the Rangers because they're mad. The Rangers organization is very, very mad. Brian Strom had an interview saying, like he called out Tom Wilson saying that was so uncalled for. Like the Rangers are mad. And no, my point to be is mad. that, my, my point is that like, out for the rest of the season is a term that is usually has more gravitas than right now because there's three games to go and they have nothing to play for. So yes, it's serious, but if they had something to play for and there were seven games left, I do not think he would be out for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this. This was not so one-sided. There was a little bit of a back and forth and he plays dirty 
and it's not okay. What actually bothered me the most was after fight. I'm not asking for remorse, but usually after you get into a fight in hockey, you're angry and you're like adrenaline is pumping mm -hmm. and you are visibly angry. He was flexing. In, I in saw that and that was box. that irritated me too. Like he was proud of himself. You're proud of yourself for you're proud of yourself for injuring a player and body slamming a player on the ice and punching him into the ice. Why would you be proud of that? That just says something about your character. Yeah, the taunting is awful. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, the NHL, they think this is a part of the game. Not not this, but like, of course, fighting is a part of the game. And I don't think they want to set a precedent. So I don't think they would ban him from the league, even though I definitely see how they should. And you, and you could make the argument for that. I feel like but if Wilson does something NHL similar like this again, banning could be an issue. But I don't think their immediate thought was Bam. But it wasn't even um, a suspension. I don't know. The, bo the bottom line is when the league isn't doing this, it comes into the team's hands. The team is being shown what's going on and, and it's a bad look for them. And they should, quite honestly, they should release him. This is a bit of a joke. The guy plays dirty and it just gives the organization a bad look. Yeah. It says something about the organization when they're keeping him on this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A after the Flyer-Penguins game, I I'm pretty sure the Capitals said something about like, oh, look at this. Sidney Crosby hit. That was like similar. The Tom Wilson thing. You're only talking about it because Tom Wilson. Yes, that's the whole point. He's already been suspended for seven games this year. Mm -hmm. He's not just a fighter. He's a dirty fighter. He's not playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. He has no regard for anybody's safety or well-being. And yeah. he should be out of the league, off the team, any way possible. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. So another very, very recent issue is reports have came in that President of president and general manager of the New York Rangers have been fired. That is huge for Rangers fans, the Rangers organization, the Rangers front office. Teddy, what do you think? Okay, so either one of two situations is occurring. The first situation is they are being fired based off of the fair statement that they put out the other day. Well, over the Tom Wilson issue. Yesterday, really. Yeah, exactly. Over the Tom Wilson issue, which I think would be atrocious because that statement was fair. And it basically yeah, says- Yeah, I read the statement. I thought can't it was completely fair. I thought it was completely fair. I agree. I read it very thoroughly. And you cannot speak your mind to the league about an issue that you're having. I mean, I think that's ridiculous. They should be able to speak to the league and the team about things that they're concerned with. Otherwise, then like, what is this even about and for? That, that I think would be awful and that is not okay. Mm -hmm. However, if they are being fired for- Other reasons. The way that they've done their job, which is what they're claiming, then I actually think it's a good decision mm -hmm. because they've made some decisions that I have not understood. They're in a quote-unquote rebuild. The thing really need to worry about is that this news came out three hours ago. The time that we are filming right now, Wednesday, May, Wednesday, May 5th, this news came out three hours ago. We don't have a lot of information. We just know they've been fired. We don't know why they've been fired. There's multiple rumors about why they've been fired. We don't have a lot of information. Yeah, I just, I think like based off of the decisions they've made, I, I don't think they should have their job from like, oh, they were hired for the quote unquote rebuild, yet you're signing Artemi Panarin to a seven-year deal or something along those lines and no trade clauses and re-signing these people and not trading people away. I, I don't understand why they would be qualified for the job after that. However, again, as I said a minute ago, I completely condemn the team if they're firing them based off of the statement they put out. Yeah. 
there's it, like once again guys like please keep in mind this is still very unclear this news came out three hours ago we don't have a lot of information on what's going on we'll get more information as time goes on and i agree like if they're being fired over the statement they made why that was a completely fair and state that was a completely fair and moral statement that they made it was bad to say, you know why would you fire over a fair statement that was made so yes there will still be news to come on that as the week progresses mm-hmm. but one of two situations completely different opinion that i have about this yes so now moving on to some brighter topics yes <laughs> is the <laughs> islanders new arena and before we get into this i would like to say that Nassau Coliseum has a very bad rep. It is one of the hardest places to play hockey in the National Hockey League, if not the hardest, given the building and the atmosphere. And people don't understand what it's like to be in that building unless they have been in that building. Numerous websites I have looked on ranking arenas, and that is at the worst. And there are all these things about it, like, oh, the bathrooms are old, it's falling apart. That's not true. I don't think people realize this, but three years ago, they renovated it so that everything is new and it's, I wouldn't say state of the art, but it's anything from falling apart. It's newer than most arenas in the National Hockey League when you think about it from that perspective. Yes, it's small. And yes, the lines are long for like the bathroom and concessions. And yes, that is annoying, but this is a temporary venue. They're they're moving into their new arena that is being built in in Elmont at the end of this year. So for a temporary venue... It's perfectly fine. I think people love it because there's history there. And yeah, I think it gets a very bad rep. Now, moving on to this new arena. Personally, I'm very excited. The Islanders have been waiting for this for 25 years, maybe even upwards of that. So this is a very exciting thing. They're going to have a new arena, a bunch of main concourse areas for gathering, a bunch of bars. There are going to be two terraces. It's right next to Belmont track at, at Belmont in Belmont Park where they have the Belmont Stakes every year. It's it's very exciting to watch. They're going to have the biggest lower bowl in the National Hockey League trying to still get that sound that they have at the Nassau Coliseum, but have all these new concessions and stuff so people don't have to wait in line as long. That's how John Ledecky explains it. A lot of air filtration for COVID-19. It's, it's, it's looking very good and I'm very excited to see yeah it sounds like it it sounds like a great arena it sounds like it has a lot of potential it sounds like they're building a very nice arena and i'm excited to see it even though i probably will not be going to it i will be going to the garden and um yeah i think they're building retail around there which i think is a good step it's like a a lot of nhl arenas and nba arenas are built downtown nowadays but given the islanders fan base that that doesn't make sense they're from the island it, it just makes sense to keep them there going to be a lot of parking which is much better than it was at Barclays mm-hmm. and I'm just very excited for it yeah. that was my preview for UBS Arena <laughs> Okay, so welcome to our baseball segment. Now we're going to be talking about the Mets. So this is an exhausting segment because it's just, it's not fun to talk about. The Mets, I mean, 
they were like a little over 500. Then they got swept by the Cubs. Then they beat the Nationals. They won two out of three. I mean, this is this is a mess. Like they did end up. I, I was proud of the way they played against the Phillies, but mm-hmm. I mean, this is a joke. They lost to the Cardinals. J- J- Jacob Degrom has a small injury, though. I don't think that will be a big deal. But again, two words that it hurts to say: Francisco Lindor. This guy, I mean, he was playing well in spring training. I know I say spring training doesn't matter, but it just it, it, it comes as a shock. I, I know it's not helping the Mets at all that whenever he plays at City Field, they're booing him already. I mean, like, give him a chance. It's a 10-year contract. At least wait, like, two oh, years <laughs> before you start booing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he he's, he's hitting 159. He's over two thus far in the game he's playing right now. Like, I don't feel good about this yeah Ch- Ch- i saw in the pregame i was going to talk about chili davis i saw in the pregame todd Zeal was talking about the way that he was swinging the bat and that he was like overextending in his swing which was taking away his power which explained for the way that he was performing they fired the hitting coaches mm-hmm. which i think drew some criticism and then it honestly also, it i think he needs players some... because the fl- the players found out via text yeah so that I mean, that. honestly, I think he needs some time. He's he's going to be in a bad start right now. Like, John Carlos Stanton started badly in New York. I just think it's hard to adjust to New York. And it does not help in the least bit that he already has lost the faith of the fans. I heard somewhere they were talking about, like, homegrown talent. Like, when Michael Conforto get, gets into a slump, they're more forgiving because they've seen him come up. He, Francisco Lindor said he was well, never... Francisco Lindor is still so new to New York that... We've only seen him slump. We haven't seen him climb. Yeah, I mean, he said he's never been booed in Cleveland. And, I mean, I, I understand why they're booing him in, him in New York. They've never seen him play well. Mm-hmm. All they see is this guy with a lot of money, played well in Cleveland, and now he comes over to the Mets, and he's hitting 159. Mm-hmm. So, th- of course, they need to have more faith because this isn't helping him at all to get booed already. It's just yeah. making him lose faith in mm-hmm. himself. Yeah. But, I mean... He has got to get his act together, mm-hmm. which I think he will eventually. But yeah. And Carlos Carrasco, I might add. Carlos Carrasco was also in that trade. And I, I don't know. I've, I have a good feeling about him. I think it'll be pretty funny if it turns out that Francisco Lindor is like, okay. And, and then Carlos Carrasco steals the show. Yeah, like he wins a Cy Young Award or something. I think mm-hmm. that'll be interesting and yeah. a little ironic not ironic but a funny okay now getting into football the draft was interesting i think it was one of the jets better drafts in recent years personally i did not think that zach wilson was the best choice for the jets to pick who, did you, think the options that Who do you think had. would be the best option for the Jets? Well, I think Trey Lance in the draft had the most potential, but given the people left, I think Justin Fields was the most player ready, and the Jets didn't have a veteran that's going to start in week one. Zach Wilson will be starting in week one, which is why I think Justin Fields was a better choice. But I see what they saw in Zach Wilson – I, I see his potential. I do think they are better off starting a veteran, but they don't have a veteran, so we'll see what they do. I did like, however, that for the first time, 
that I've been alive, the Jets drafted a QB. I mean, they always draft QBs, but they drafted a QB and then they drafted around him. Mm-hmm. Some people disagreed with trading away Sam Darnold. They were like, maybe you should get some people around him. Well, at least the Jets got people around Zach Wilson. They they got a guard in Elijah Vera Tucker in the first round. They traded up for that. Then in the second round, they picked a wide receiver, Elijah Moore. Then they drafted both Michael Carters. Funny story, the running back from North Carolina, which I think is a nice addition to the offense. Also, Michael Carter, the second on defense, even though that has nothing to do with this. ESPN messed that up, by the way. When Michael Carter was drafted from North Carolina, they put Michael Carter the second up on the board. Never mind, that's irrelevant. But they drafted people around the offense to improve the offense and to, quite frankly, give him a chance. I think Mike LaFleur, they definitely have their work cut out for them, but I do think that this has some potential. And I'd like to see what they are able to do with this. I do not expect them to be like a playoff team or anything by any means in this draft. I do hope in next year's draft, they don't give up again. I think they should continue to build around and they should draft more people on offense or different people on defense, but they should not give up on Zach Wilson. I don't care if he goes 0-16, they should try to build around him even more. Mm -hmm. So the Giants was originally pick 11, but then I believe Eagle traded, the Eagles traded with the Cowboys, traded up with the Cowboys. And then we, um, hadn't had a lot of time to make another pick because I think the original move was going to be Devontae Smith even though it probably would have been a good name even though Teddy disagrees with that the original pick even though like it could have been Devontae Smith then the Eagles nope that's a lie then the Giants traded picks with the Bears and then with that trade Giants did get a first round pick for next year's draft and then so they got pick 20 and they got Kadarius Toney um He's a wide receiver. He looks good. I have not really looked into him. Um, he looks like he has a lot of potential. Um, yeah. Okay, I am going to say this because I would say without a doubt the Giants won this trade. Not that the it wasn't a smart move for the Bears. Sometimes you're going to lose a trade to come away with a player that you think you need, and maybe there were more value just like looking at it in the moment but you believe in Justin Fields, so you think it's worth it to lose that trade. But the Giants win this trade. I mean, they trade down nine picks, but they get a fourth-round draft choice, I believe, in 2021, a first-round pick in 2022, and a fourth-round pick in 2022. This is way overvalued. I mean, the Bears have done this before, trading up one pick, but I think this is a much smarter move on the Bears' point. Anyway, I think the Giants were going to draft – Rashawn Slater but I mean there's no way you can turn down this pick I I think it was much more so the overwhelming value of this trade yeah I agree rather than Defonte Smith being chosen by the Eagles Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Gold and Silver. We hope that you enjoyed. Um, We are Gold and Silver, and we will see you in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Have a great week.